Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we are going to recap Fight to Win 139 and Fight to Win 140 that took place this weekend in Dallas, Texas. We're going to go through some BJJ news and we're going to preview Fight to Win 141, also taking place in Dallas, Texas. As always in the show, I'm your host, Mange, and my co-host. Emil. How you doing, Emil? I'm doing great, Maine. We just had our first fight to wins in months. Dude, so, it's been a dude. good it's been a good week of combat sports. Um, again, we are doing this show remotely because Maryland has not quite lifted um, like quarantine yet. I don't really know what's going oh, on. They super have not. Okay, dude, uh, 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 George just posted an Instagram story uh, that was a video of the police breaking up Fell's Point. Okay. They are, they are not fucking so around. So we are still so. doing the show remotely. We apologize for any hit in audio that you're gonna do. But we're going to do the best job that we can in order to bring you kind of the show with the highest audio quality uh, at this time to keep you in the show because Combat Sports is back. The UFC ran two events last weekend. Fight to Win ran two events. Uh, it was a great week to watch, like, combat sports. Yeah, it's the only thing on right now, man. I'm loving it, dude. It's like, it's like my life always, except everyone else is in the same boat that I am, and all you can do is watch combat sports. I'm like, it's pretty great, isn't it? You know, football's gone, basketball's gone, ice hockey's gone. I don't know what other sports are canceled because I don't really watch anything aside from uh, MMA and jiu-jitsu. So it's been a pretty great time for me. Yeah, it's been Uh, pretty rad. So uh, that's all I got for the intro to the show. Let's move to some news. Um, Where do you want to start with news aside from, literally in my notes it has, UFC ran two cards this weekend. Uh, They were hot fire. I love that all all that's on is combat sports. Let's do Third Coast, man. Dude, so Third Coast Grappling has announced their Kumite 1 bracket, and it looks great. It's stacked. It's, it's incredibly stacked. So, match one, we have Paige Mourinho versus William Tackett. Match two, we have Roberto Jimenez versus Manuel Hebamar. We got Lucas Valente versus Jake Watson. Batista versus um, Jamie Canudo. Dude, those first-round matchups are going to be fire. Yeah, this is going to be an amazing tournament. Um, we've seen and we've covered a number of these guys as up-and-coming, really entertaining, really dynamic grapplers. Of course, Jimenez has been making waves. Uh, we're going to cover Jimenez later this week because he headlined yeah. a fight to win. Yep, exactly. And, you know, we saw him um, really upset uh, people, you know, as a brand new black belt. Dude, he upset Keenan. Uh, in the winter, yeah. In, like, one absolutely. of his first matches at black belt. Like, he beats Keenan, who's number one. And it was like, okay, Roberto Jimenez is a killer at black belt. And the cool thing about this bracket is that Pedro Mourinho and Roberto Jimenez are on the same side of the bracket. So, Third Coast Grappling had these guys, I think, going to meet gonna, gonna meet for a rematch, I think, for the fourth time. And they both got black around the same time. These guys have fought each other through purple belt and brown belt. And if both these guys get through, um, we're, we potentially could see them in the basically the semifinals or sorry the uh, the next round of that sixteen man ten k bracket. Um, and then of course you have you know Tackett who has been just on fire as well. Like is a an incredible phenom. You said he he might be the only brown belt in yeah, this he's, bracket. Yeah, he's the only brown belt in this bracket. Everyone else, I think uh, Pedro Mourinho, Roberto Jimenez, Jake Watson on the other side of the bracket are all newly promoted like competitive black belts and we've seen all of them like do not, do good work in the very short amount of time they've been black belts. So, 
I am super excited for this bracket. And again, you got guys like Lucas Valente, former world champion, um, Manuel Hebamar, Jamie Canudo, who was the Nogi world champion last year. Like, dude, this is a bracket of killers. And I am super excited that Third Coast is putting this on. It's going to be an out. It's an, I mean, it's an outstandingly well-matched, exciting bracket. Plus, all of these guys are action fighters, too. Yeah, they're all super dynamic. None of them are like the insanely technical, but like maybe uh, difficult to appreciate matches. These are going to be all over the mat, standing, in guard, like you name it. And probably we'll see some flying attempts from these guys. They're absolute monsters. Yeah, so that's so. that's not for a couple weeks now. I think we'll probably do a bigger preview uh, as we get close. That's on June 6th. But again, we just literally, I just got the bracket probably 10 minutes before we started recording. And so I sent it to everyone on the team. I was like, look, we got the bracket now. Um, I'm super excited about it. So I wanted, we want to kick it out in news because it is a really fun bracket now that BJ is coming back. Um, let's, let's take a non sequitur here. In uh, MMA news, Henry Cejudo was retired for all of five days, give or take. <laughs> and everyone, I mean, so apparently he's not in retired, but his manager's going, yeah, he's probably going to fight again in the summer. Um, but again, I'm a big fan of Cejudo. Like, he does some cringy stuff, but dude, that dude is a really good fighter. Uh, yeah. And so if I can see him either either defend the 25 belt, which I don't think he's ever going to do. I think Benavides and Figueredo are going to fight for that again at some point in the future. But him at 35, again, beating Cruz like that, uh, beating, I think, was it Sergio? He beat Marias like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, think I, just, I think I just messed up the fighter's name, even though I loved that fight. Um, dude, he's crazy good, and so I would DJ. like... DJ. Yeah. I mean, arguably DJ. Um, I'm still salty about that one, personally. But, dude, Suhuda, yeah, him, him being unretired in after five days was kind of a funny piece of news. Uh, let's see, talk about other unretirements. Uh, I saw a fake poster for Tyson versus Holyfield, for Mike Tyson versus Holyfield uh, for July 11th in Saudi Arabia. And I went, I'm 95% sure this is fake, but I'm also 100% sure that I would buy this pay-per-view. So, hmm. Yeah, just given... Mike Tyson's absurd workout videos, like yeah, it told me more about I, I'd myself than anything. Him. I don't. I, I think both of those guys have earned too much money to like get back in the ring. So unless they are both happen to be broke, I don't see how you could possibly like entice them to do that. But yeah, it's, especially hearing Tyson for the years talk about like the mindset he would have to get into to fight again, and like not being want, wanting to be in that mindset. Um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting, but you see Tyson like hit the pads in the mitts, and, and again, it's selective footage. But damn, that dude can crack still at fifty something. Yeah. So uh, let's see another more jujitsu. Actually, that's one more fight piece of news. That's kind of jujitsu related. Uh, Edwin, Edwin Najmi is training with RDA. Uh, we're talking about we're going to preview Edwin Najmi coming up here versus uh, Benson Henderson on upcoming fight to win this following weekend. Um, he is training with RDA. He is looking to take a fight within the next year. If you're going to train with someone, uh, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, former UFC 155-pound champion, is He's a, a beast. good guy to train with, and they're, they're around the same size. So, yeah, it's a really good training partner. Uh, in, oh, you got anything else on that, Emil? Um, in other jiu-jitsu news, jiu-jitsu OT is a thing. We talked about it on the show. 
uh, a while ago, like a bunch of months ago. Um, but now there's an Instagram page, and they are announcing fighters that are going to be on it, I think, in either June or July. I have a screenshot here on my phone somewhere. Uh, right As of now, Keith Krikorian's been announced for it. Thomas Halpin's been announced for it. Uh, and it is scheduled for Sunday, July 19th on uh, Fight Pass. So we're, I'm going to add it to the Grappling Rewind list on the website of upcoming events. Um, we'll probably cover the first one and see how it runs. You know, Grappling Rewind fashion, we like to give everything a fair shake to see if it's a format we're going to cover. Um, as Emil has his hand on his face. I'm just, Eddie, I say this, and we all say this, but Eddie has lost his damn mind. <laughs> it's just like, man, he's taking my least favorite part of watching jujitsu matches and making an entire event around it, which is, I, I like we've, we talked about this before where he's had a very successful format. You know, EBIs are really, were really important for establishing pro jujitsu. And, um, you know, like he, he has the recipe for success and he keeps going to these other things. And yeah, combat jiu-jitsu and overtime. It's just like, I don't know. It's It might not be for me. Again, we're going to give it a fair shake. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see. But yeah, like Emil said, it's like it is my least favorite part of watching jiu-jitsu. We've had competitors talk about they enjoy it. I've had other competitors say they absolutely hate it and won't do it. But yeah, as a, as a viewer of it, it is like my least favorite thing to watch because the thing that makes the back super interesting is watching a guy like earn the back position and then what he can do with it versus if you just kind of put him on the back, it, to me, doesn't really have, like, the same story and, like, dominance to it, so it's less interesting. So, you know, but that's a thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I'm going to add it to the Grappling Rewind events list. Um, the grapplingrewind.com slash events now has an updated events list. We also have some new articles out on the grapplingrewind.com slash blog. Take a look at them. Um, we're ramping back up now that, you know, quarantine has stopped not stopped but now that professional events are kicking back off we're ramping back up the website so that you know it'll be a resource for you to use to follow professional jiu-jitsu um i'm gonna update the events list more frequently now so it should be as updated as we can make it um i said that last week and now it is done so so there's that uh what else we got for news emil uh tom de blast is signed with one fc i got that as well after being retired from MMA for eight years, uh, he fought in Bellator in 2013 and is on a two-fight win streak. He fought in the UFC in 2012 and was on a two-fight loss streak, but he's 38. I think Gary fights in 1FC. Uh, Yuri Samos is now signed to 1FC. Um, I think there's big talk about Gordon basically looking at the 1FC route whenever he decides, if he decides to go into MMA. Interesting. So, so th- it's interesting that 1FC has become the feeder for UFC. And yeah, it's Bellator. kind of always been that. I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, I feel like Bellator is now more where, like, people who are kind of done with the USC end up. So. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I am... Again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of 1FC. I like that they put on grappling matches. I think they put... They, they groom their prospects very well. It'll be interesting to see DeBlas kind of have an MMA career, retire, and then come back. Um, I'm kind of curious to see why. You know, he was... Yeah, it's uh, I don't again. I just got announced uh, I think today or yesterday that because he talked about it for a little bit, but now he's back. So that is uh, that's that for news. Oh, the one last piece of news I got before we get into the breakdown section of the show. Uh, AJ called out Gordon 
after his match with Cachino for a wrestling match. And Emil, right before the show, we were doing the pre-show here, and Emil said that they are jawing back and forth on Flow Grappling's uh, Instagram Instagram page. post. Yeah, it is. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bort, Gordon basically said, like, uh, keep my name out your mouth. Like, you know, why is this guy relevant? Just typical Gordon stuff. So... And AJ had some words about that. So, but hey, man, whatever you got to do to you know sell those tickets. Yeah. So uh, that's a thing in in who got jujitsu beef right now. Um, that being said, AJ is a really good wrestler. Again, he's and he's yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting matchup. I'm not gonna read too much into it until the match gets announced. Um, but again, AJ, before he was a BJJ guy, was like the college wrestler going into BJJ. That's how he's won a lot of his world stage stuff at Brown and then at ADCC. So, you know, the guy can wrestle. Um, so where do you want to start? That does it for news, unless you got any other news, Emil. You got anything? Nope. All right. So let's move on to the recap section. Emil, you want to start with fight to win 139 or do a yes. big out of order and do fight to win 140? Let's start with 139, right, man. So, fight to win 139, and my results and everything is on a different screen, and because we are not doing this live, I'm not going to pause the recording. Fight to win 139, headlined by Roberto Cyborg Abreu versus Tractor. Um, Venetius Federa. I knew. I, was, yeah. I, always, I always get scared of Tractor's name. So man, I do not want to mess up. Like, the double R scares me at the end there. <laughs> so, yeah, he defeats was, him via decision. Uh, Yep, it was um, Cyborg. You know, we've seen Cyborg just be insanely dominant in the past year. You know, we he he has reminded us how absurdly good he is, and has just been putting on beatdowns, winning Kasai. You know, the heavyweight GP and I'm heavyweight GP like taking down dude suplexing fucking Hulk like. He was like a day one white belt. Jesus. So, yeah, he put on a clinic here. Um, this this match went down basically with Cyborg doing vast amount of pressuring and Tractor playing guard. And um, one thing that was really awesome that happened early on in the match was uh, Tractor playing um, uh, half butterfly and doing the same inversion that we've seen Craig Jones do. Uh, to try to get to the leg. I thought that was really interesting. Because, again, we've yep. seen, uh, I think, the not the last time we saw uh, Cyborg tapped. We, we've seen Cyborg very rarely get got, but I think the most recent time he got tapped was by Victor Hugo at World, yeah, I mean, at, at Nogi Worlds in, I always forget if it was weight or absolute, because they met at weight and they met at absolute. It and was... I, Oh, yeah, good point. It I was absolute, what it was. wasn't it? I think it was absolute, yeah. Yeah, I could be get that wrong, but like we saw him tap with the knee bar, and then we saw Gordon get him at ADCC 2017 with a heel hook. So it's like right. historically, if you're going to get Cyborg, like a leg lock, at least recently in Nogi, is maybe the way to do it. So it's cool to see that inversion from Tractor, and then Cyborg just like, nope, and sort of yeah. shut it down. Yeah, he cyborg running man escapes um, during the inversion, but it was textbook Craig Jones style inversion. And um, from this point on, like cyborg just does these amazing constricting body locks, like for passing. You know, um, gets the body lock, um, wraps his legs around tractors even, and starts like working his way up. It was 
classic domination by cyborg yeah i have another piece of news um craig jones gave away a free triangle or piece like five pieces of a triangle dvd from fanatics and uh, i've watched through and he talks about a lot of his entries we'll talk about a little about that when we talk about aj versus cachino because i have some notes that particularly relate to how craig jones shoots it for something that cachino is doing but you mentioned the craig jones entry here or the, the craig jones style entry here into the leg lock i thought it was it kind of bared uh you know mentioning that Craig Jones gave away a free DVD this week. Yeah. So, yeah, so, Cyborg, like, again, looked dominant. Like, that Bidelock passing is something we're seeing from more and more guys recently, and it mm-hmm. just seems like such a strong position because guys are forced to fight the hands, and you can just keep spinning around, and you push your head into someone, and all of a sudden you're controlling, like, the torso completely, and it kind of gets the hips out of the equation, or, like, it makes the hips if, way less. If you relevant. can pressure in, yeah, you can squash. You can squash the hips a lot more, um, and it becomes a bear to defend. You know, you really have to expend a lot of energy to try to create separation. So, and someone is as absurdly strong as Cyborg. Obviously, this is just like his bread and butter. He's amazing at it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then Cobain event. Unless there was anything more you wanted to say, no, about it, that. It, it was a, it was definitely a slower paced match. It kind of went how I thought it was going to be. I've had a feeling that uh, Fedetta was going to pull guard here. We we're going to see passing from Cyborg. Um, both, you know, going for subs here and there. But yeah, overall, I just think Cyborg got it done with just more aggressive, more passing attempts, and just like sort of outworking on the from a yeah, top position, outworking and and also using that constricting control. Like yeah. we've. We've seen it before. Cyborg can dictate the pace of the match and exactly where things are going. And, you know, what's particularly terrifying about Cyborg is he can he can lock down really hard and then explode out of that, you know, like he's fresh. You know, he, he has an amazing tank. Yeah. So, yeah, fun match. Um, Cyborg gets it done via decision for the main event. On the co-main event, uh... Oh, do I have this out of order? What do you have? What yeah. do you have for the co-main event? Co-main, uh, Johnny Thomas okay. defeating Ethan Carlson. That's what I had. I was like, is that forty and, or thirty-nine? It's like okay, it's thirty-nine. And, and uh, it was uh, fucking hot it was fire. It was fight of the night I, for the black belts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I had the wrong notes page up. Thank you, Emil, for letting me do my thing. Dude, this match uh, was fun as shit. This was nonstop. These guys were all over the place, um, you know, and just one of the most impressive things about Ethan is his ability not not only to be excellent um, with takedowns and guard as well, but his ability to transition from one to the other. And a great example of this happened really early on where Ethan was uh, in seated guard and Johnny was uh, standing passing and Ethan goes from a seated butterfly guard straight up into a double leg and lifts Johnny up off of the mat and slams him down. It was wonderful. And that's just a great example of like how he can go from one to the other instantly and keep people off guard. We saw that uh, a bunch at um, Quintet Parabellum. Last time we covered, I think one of the last times we covered Carlinston uh, before this all happened was like we saw he had huge dynamism in his ability to go. I think he was he transitioned from like a mount or like from the back like immediately to an arm bar or something like complete like he jumps positions extremely well and keeps his hips in as he's attacking and the same thing when he techs up on this double you're like man he's just making contact the entire time and driving through it was super impressive very impressive but what was really impressive uh for johnny tama was just the amount of 
volume that he was putting out uh, leg attacks, and I think that was the deciding factor um, in, in in his decision win over Ethan. Was just he was just always you know feel like he was always moving forward, always trying to get the attack. We saw Ethan on the defense a lot. That and, that surprised uh, me personally because I'm not typically used to Cronston. Um, being put on the defense with leg locks. Like, he trains with the DDS guys. He's a TriStar DDS Henzo guy. Um, but it is, he was a part of the Moldofo camp. It's really, like, I am not used to seeing him in defensive positions in legs. I'm used to seeing him, especially recently, dictating where he wants to go, kind of being a st- step ahead of most guys. But, again, Johnny Tama Tama is, was impressive. Dude, yeah. Nogi World and- Champ this last year. He's the guy that we got we saw got kneed in the face uh, in his finals match on that inversion and then still went on to win his match versus, I think, he's fighting Rodriguez. Um, dude, Tama can put up with the leg locks, and I, I was I mean, super he, impressed he with him puts here. them up, yeah. So he, he threw up a lot of leg locks, a bunch of uh, toll hold attempts, um, 50-50 uh, leg lock attempts. And in particular, there was one thing that stood out where I was like, oh, yeah, that actually looks dangerous, was a knee bar that he hit Ethan with. Um, and he, he extended the knee out. Um, and definitely, all for all of them, Ethan had to react and defend. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think, absolutely sealed the deal in terms of the decision um, but regardless, the, the match was great back and forth. Ethan did counter with a few leg locks himself. Um, and yeah, it was just but, really dynamic. So I've been thinking about as you watch more and more of these matches, like what, what constitutes fight of the night? And like when we go for the end of the year and consider like matches that I enjoyed the most and like what my criteria for stuff like that is, this was not to me just like a leg lock where both guys only go into legs and there's no like each guy was looking you saw kind of a positional hierarchy in this match that wasn't both guys just falling back for legs and going for leg locks. It was they both had a system in the way that they were. And I want to watch the match again before I like talk about it in more depth. But both guys had a system for how they were going for the legs and had a clear methodology for where they were looking to enter and where they were looking to exit. And I yeah. think because both these guys are really high-level leg lockers, that's the big difference, is both guys have an exit point and then have a re-entry point versus a lot yeah. of guys that we see and we cover on the show that might not be as high-level leg lockers. They have an entry point, they have an exit point, but they don't have that intermediary re-entry point that both mm-hmm. of these guys have. So these leg lock exchanges stayed interesting because both guys weren't just completely disengaging every single time and having to restart the whole exchange. And so you start to see two and three layers down the chain for each guy's like attack and defense, and it was super captivating. I think this is a 10-minute match, and... I watched it twice, once to like just watch it because I realized I was not going to take notes the first time I watched it. Second time, just like watching, it, like wow, this is a really good match, and took some notes. And I'll definitely go back and watch this like at least a couple more times because, again, I there's pieces to learn here about how the guys are entering again after they're being countered. What I thought was very yeah. very interesting in this match. It was just like it was just really good and exciting leg exchanges versus one guy just blowing through someone. Or one guy, just their option is I go for this thing and then I exit. I go for this thing and I exit, which is less interesting to me. It's good tactically, but these guys are super high-level leg lockers, and it was just a fire. And again, deservedly fight of the night for fight to win 139. Absolutely. So um, Nick, you want to go down? So you want to go for the? You want to go through the results now, or do you want to go through yeah. the other main events and then go through the results of both cards? What do you think? Let's just finish this one and then we'll we'll go through. Um, All right. 
because you know there's only another match that I want to highlight something from here. We got Paulo Azambuya defeating Cameron Couch by armbar. Yuri Santos defeats Andre Gomez by split decision. Igor Paiva defeats Jeff Hammond by decision. Vinicius Cavallo Garcia defeats Kevin Williams by decision. Justin Rennick defeats Aaron Culpepper by rear naked choke. And that was Friday the night for the Brown Belts. This is the one that I wanted to just like quickly touch on. This was just a beautiful sequence at the end. Go and watch it. It's uh, we saw an, another body lock pass, right? So we saw Omoplata's a bunch this weekend. We saw body lock passing a bunch this weekend. Um, beautiful um, body lock pass where Justin reads uh, a slight motion from Aaron and in a single movement is able to go from squashing the butterfly uh, hooks to around the side into side control, goes to S-mount, goes to mount, takes the back. It was incredible. He finishes with the rear naked choke. It's um, really good. Like, the whole sequence is just super smooth, too. And it's like he just drills yep. it and he pops up. And it's just, again, really, really good positional jiu-jitsu that ends in a rear naked choke. And, yeah, that, you know, fight of the night for the brown belts. Again, I'm, I'm happy that fight to win still had, like, black belts and lower belts on the card as well. So then we have Kevin McCormick defeating Joshua Hightower by armbar. And that was submission of the night for the brown belts. Um, Grayson Henley defeats Alex Lopez by Dead Orchard. And that was submission of the night for the Purple Belts. This is the Purple Belt results. There's two Purple Belt matches on the card. Uh, Dylan Hinojosa defeats Colby Caps by Heel Hook. And that was fight of the night for the Purple Belts. And Dylan Martinez defeats Alexander Leon by split decision. And that was fight of the night for the Blue Belt. So, yeah, and the Cole card wasn't too, too long. Go watch it. It was, again, it was a fun, like, dude, these I two parts. I think it was parts, two hours and 40 minutes, yeah. Something like that, yeah. And if, you know, you skip around, you just watch the whole thing. Like, dude, it was a fun, like, I had a really fun time this weekend watching the fights because I feel like all the grapplers that were on these cards came to came to bring it. Like, yeah. if you oh, look at yeah. Flo Grappling's Instagram, it's all just, like, highlight, 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 highlight. And yeah. I, I was taking notes of some days, and I got confused. Like, but is that this match or is that the other match? Because there were yeah. so many, like, really, really good sequences on this. And then, so that does it for Fight to Win 139. The following night, we had Fight to Win 140 that was headlined by Oswaldo Cachino Moisinho defeating AJ Agazarm via decision. Uh, AJ's tough as shit. Cachino uh, put on a fucking beatdown. I mean,. I think one of it's hard to even highlight like a single moment where uh, Cristiano was just putting the beating on AJ, but like you know, it's there are multiple submission attempts, insane control. I think one of the ones that stands out to me is uh, you know pretty early on, almost immediately, AJ pulls guard and. Cochino switches between top half and side control with the most excruciating-looking Bravo head control I've ever seen. With the gi, there too. Was, with, with the gi with and, the like, gi. and just turning it. And he turns over. And I was looking at AJ's face. I was like, uh, is he going to be like conscious through this transition? I have a screenshot. Uh, it's at minute 723, uh, or 7 minutes and 23 seconds remaining on the, on the timer. And... AJ's head is being cross-faced so hard, it's facing almost 180 degrees from the direction that his hips are facing. He's getting just brutally cross-faced here. Uh, it looked 
really painful. Um, and it just goes downhill from there, you know. And even when AJ is able to get out, Cochino is able to sweep him with a collar sleeve grip, like knee shield, and then continue to put the pressure on. Uh, Cochino puts him into an omoplata and rolls through multiple times. AJ has to actually roll off of the mat to get the reset. And then Cochino puts him back in an omoplata again. And yeah, AJ finds himself like back in an omoplata like seconds after. Dude, being... there was one omoplata armbar transition in this match. Uh, it's at two nineteen left in the match, oh, and Cushino does this beautiful transition from the. It's like a top like modified mount position, and he spins all the way through. It's like he spins through the triangle and then spins over and pummels his legs over AJ's face, turns AJ up. AJ gets on his shoulder like the old school Vinny Magalhaes versus Vadum match at ADCC where he's like leveraging, Vinny's leveraging the shoulder. You can see AJ doing that as AJ has Cachino's foot, like an ankle right here, to stop him from being able to put the pressure down into his hips so that AJ can spin out of it. It's just this whole sequence for AJ's defense and for but like how Cachino made the transition is stellar. It's like, oh yeah, these guys are like... Really good and tough black belts. I, I was just super well, impressed that AJ was able to gut that, like, gut the Bravo out. The Omoplatas were deep, and Kashina had that nice, like, deep collar grip on the top side. I don't know if it was the same armbar, but there's an armbar that is more just like a traditional armbar where... Cusinho has AJ's arm hyperextended for That's this one. a few seconds. Because I, yeah. I, too, have a screenshot. So, last week on the show... Emil uh, killed it with the analysis. And I went, man, you did a great job this week. And he's, yeah, and he shows me his notes. And they're, like, beautiful notes written out. And he has, like, text screenshots throughout it. And I went, well, I've got to incorporate more of that in my notes. So, yeah, I have, I did it that. makes it a lot easier, yeah. Dude, it makes it so much easier. I did, I did that this week. Again, as trying to make the grappling rewind, you know, better and better. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and it's just, you can see AJ's arm is bent. But again, AJ's the same guy that let Gary Tonin hyperextend his knee at Fight to Win, I think, three years ago. And then, like, buckled his knee, but still walked off the stage fine. Like, dude, AJ's tough as shit. And it's yeah. like, in three different I mean, places in my notes, it has a note that AJ is tough. Yo, one, yo, AJ is tough where, as shit. Uh, like, off of the Omoplata attempt, um, Cusinho goes... The behind-the-back crucifix omoplata. Yeah, with like a minute left. Like, AJ has to do the no-sell. Like, he's like sitting there like trying to make faces like this isn't that big of a deal. But I was like, if you have to do that, then it's a big deal. Well, because the camera shot is facing straight like in their face. You can see, you can see Kashino's foot up over top AJ's head. And AJ is holding the other foot to stop him from being able to make the angle in the Omoplata and for the arm for the crucifix on the other side. It's like, it's a bad spot to be in. But dude, he like, he guts it out the whole time and he ends up escaping. And again, so they go to decision at the end. It it clearly goes Kashino, but damn, like, Cushino real good and AJ real tough. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to add oh, to that. It was That's honestly like it basically was, how that went down. Watch the match. It was uh, I I really enjoyed watching the matches again. It's usually you don't see guys that can gut out subs this deep this much very often. Um 
as much as guys like to shit on AJ for various reasons, go back and watch a lot of what he's doing. Um, a lot of what he's doing for a lot of these like arm attacks for the Omoplatas and for the arm bars is he's using his free arm to post and push on Cachino's close side foot that's over top of his head. And he's doing some really, really small and nice adjustments there in order to alleviate some of the pressure on his opposite shoulder. It's really nice little technical details for like deep sub escapes that you don't see a whole lot uh, because one, age is really tough and two, like he's really calm in these escapes as well. I thought it was really interesting. I actually got a lot out of this match from like, you know, a match study, which is I'm trying to do more of that as we watch these. It was really, it was, it was a really interesting match. Um, very clear for Cachino, but you know, from a technical perspective, I really enjoyed it. Anything else or we want to move on to the next one? No, that's it. So next, next up, match, we have Gabriel Almeida defeating Roberto Jimenez by decision. Dude, Gabriel and jumps a flying triangle. You keep missing the fight of the night, man. Yeah, I need to take my notes. I need to fix my notes, man. We've been off, dude. We've been off for like what two months? Yeah, it's true. I, I'm dropping. I'm I'm waffling hard here. This was fight uh, of the night. That was the fight of the belt. night for the black belts, and <laughs> it was fight of the night indeed. Yeah, it was. I mean. There's a great highlight going around flow grappling that just shows a phenomenal double leg lift off the mat sl- into a slam. Gabriel Almeida just slamming Jimenez into the mat. And it's that tech it up was- stand up double, like very similar to the one we saw from Kellenston earlier or from uh, Tama earlier. And you see he jumps into the air and turns Roberto sideways. By the way, Roberto now with the shaved head, I kept like taking a second to figure out because I'm so used to him with like longer hair. Because for the end of his brown belt career, he had that like longer hair, and that's I mean, into his black belt. Like he yeah. had the long. He's been a black so. belt for what four months? Like the majority when we've covered him on the show for his brown belt career, he had the longer hair. I think at purple belt he had the shorter hair, um, but now he's moved back to the shorter hair. And it <laughs> taking notes, it threw me off a bunch. But this match, um, a lot of double seated open guard, a lot of 50 50, a um, couple of footlock attempts. And in the gi with the 50 uh, 50. I was honestly kind of surprised that we spent as much time in the 50 50 in this match. Um, both guys were, again, trying to clear the line, but also looking for their own locks. There was one lock here that I had not seen a ton that Gabriel was doing. And they called it, I think they called it a, a Linz lock on the broadcast. Was a, that from the double-seated open guard? It looked like a little bit like a toehold? Yeah, but it's Because he did something with that where I was like, oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that. Yeah, he was, was just basically folding it over. Like, it was like on his own hip. He'd like fold yeah, it over yeah. on his own hip and he'd like lift okay. his own hip up. And I think that and the, he did it like two or three times and I caught it and the commentator picked up on it once and said and called it like a lens lock. And I haven't got a chance to Google that. Um, yeah, I know I'm glad that you brought that up because I noticed that as well, and I found that interesting. I did notice also that Jimenez did not react at all. Like, he just completely ignored it. It looked like one of those moves that if the guy doesn't respect it... Sorry, if the guy's, like, not a a dope seasoned competitor, you can get him with it. Um, But it looked like one of those, I'm going to work to set this up and make you react to get what I want. If you don't react at all, like, I'm probably not going to get, I, you know, I, I got to sell out to get this lock, to get, like, the toehold in this way. But Jimenez is kind of game enough and veteran enough in competition to know where he has to put his foot so he doesn't really have to address it. Um, yeah. But it was, it was an interesting little toehold. I mean, I theoretically think you can finish it from there because he does actually get pretty good purchase on his foot and turn Jimenez's foot he over. He turns it very significantly, which is why I noticed it, because I was like, that looks like a toehold. But, yeah. yeah. 
So that was that was really those. interesting. Um, yeah. Spent, yeah, it's been a lot of time in 50-50, but it was, again, I, I love that we're starting to see more uh, good 50-50 matches. It seems like in the meta, guys are starting to figure out, even with there's no heel hooks in the gi, like where they can sit and where they can enter and get out of 50-50. And Jimenez hits like a really good back take off of 50-50 like early in the match that impressed me because we've seen him do this before. I, I forget what match it was, but Jimenez will opt for the 50-50 and then look to like 50-50 back take. And it's really impressive to see him do that. Like the way he does it at the speed he does it, he just flips all the way over and immediately starts taking your back off 50-50. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as per usual, him is throwing up some interesting stuff, but uh, Gabriel's just maintains more activity um, with the submission attempts, which again is the important part of fight to win judging criteria. And so, uh, Almeida takes the decision over Jimenez. Nice. All right, so let's move into the results for the rest of the card. Uh, next black belt match is. You want to do the names, Emil? As yeah, Rodrigo tradition. Lopez. Rodrigo Lopez defeats Joe Murphy via Oma Plata. And that was submission of the night for the black belt. Dude, this was, this was a crazy submission of the night. Yeah, watch this match because the end sequence is incredible. Um, basically, actually it starts technically with Rodrigo on the back sinking in a rear naked choke. And Joe Murphy escapes and reverses into uh, top guard. And uh, Rodrigo's like, cool, I'm going to throw up an Oma Plata now starts rolling through and is just super tenacious with it, rolls many times and eventually grabs the far lapel and starts hauling himself up the back of Joe Murphy um, and is able to secure kind of like the far arm grip behind the back in that like nasty omoplata, almost crucifix position. I always consider that an Imanari grip. Like anytime you reach over someone and like do a double handed grip, like I always know that grip as an Imanari grip. Like yep. I don't know, I don't, I know it has an offhand, I'm, it's killing me because I know what the name for the grip is. Um, but it's like particularly that like double handed where your arms are extended and over. Like when you go for the omoplata and you just reach behind and you get the choke like that with like the back of your hand. I know that as an Imanari choke. Um, dude, Imanari, I realize, so, has a bunch of stuff named after him. Yep. He, so he... Um, uh, Rodrigo Lopez is able to basically grab the lapel on the back, and it looks like it's a combination shoulder lock choke finish. It's incredible. Uh, watch the sequence, because it's just great to see him like start to climb up the back with the lapel. Um, it's really, really entertaining. Yeah, dude. Deservedly, I think... Um, uh, I moved my notes around. Submission. Yeah, submission of the night for the Black Butts. It was like a really, the whole sequence was really, really cool there. And uh, it was, I enjoyed it. And dude, it's again one of those, another one of the highlights going around Flo's Instagram right now. Yep. So um, next match. Stephen Hall defeats Buddy Roberts via decision. Under the brown belt results. Cameron Adair defeats Mike Diaz via heel hook. Mark Frenchanuti defeats Bradley Clifton via choke. Michael Salazar defeats Tony Ovedo via choke. And that was submission of the night for the Brown Belts. Ricardo Mendez defeats Wade Smittle via split decision. And that was Friday of the night for the Purple Belts. Edward Johnson defeats Adam Cruz via Anaconda choke. And that was submission of the night for the Purple Belts. Keaton Standridge defeats Blake Bradshaw via decision. Troy D. Mercer defeats Joshua, Richard, Joshua Richards via armbar. And on to the Blue Belt results. Joao Mateus Melo 
Asanitis defeats Diego Vasquez via decision. So that does it for Fight to Win 140. Again, back-to-back cards. Happy that Fight to Win's back. Um, those guys have put a ton of work in. Uh, I am super looking forward to what the next couple weeks brings. So let's move on to the preview section. Uh, Fight to Win 141, also taking place in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I did a little write-up for this on the Grappling Rewind uh, website for a blog. Basically, it's in the article talking about all of the events coming back. Um, I did a little write-up talking about basically what we're talking about here. If you want to read some of this in written form, uh, that's where you can find it. So this one is headlined by Rafael Rafael Lovato Jr. every time with his name versus Arnaldo Maidana for the light heavyweight title for Fight to Win Rafael Lovato, previously the Bellator 185-pound middleweight champion, previously the fight-to-win light heavyweight champion. Uh, he lost that to Yuri Smos, but Yuri is now out with injury. Uh, Lovato had the heavy, light heavyweight title fight-to-win for like a pretty decent amount of time. Like He defended that a bunch versus like Spriggs and um, I think versus Hanger. And like, there was a bunch of guys he defended that against. So it's cool to see him again with Yuri out, them giving him the shot to kind of reclaim the title that's been his for a long time uh, versus Ronaldo Maidana. Super excited for this match. Lovato is really, really hard to beat in any format and particularly hard to beat in Fight to Win where it's like, you know, his style of hunting submissions through all positions, you know, is there. Yep, yeah. And he hasn't missed a beat, you know, like he, his, obviously his conditioning is stellar um, for MMA and it has transitioned perfectly back into grappling again. So it's been great to see him more active. Yeah, we saw him, I think the last time we covered him was at Substars. I don't think we've covered him since then. He fought Cyborg for like the fifth time, I think, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And he went to like nine overtime rounds with Cyborg. And yeah, dude, his conditioning is always crazy. He posted something on Instagram a couple days ago that was every time I see park gym equipment, I have to do it. And it was him with his shirt off, like doing reps on like the park equipment. And I was like, yo, Lovato, if you could save some muscles for the rest of us, that would be <laughs> awesome. As I'm like looking at my mile times, like slowly come down over quarantine, I'm looking at Lovato's jacked ass like, man. Lovato, I know you can't fight anymore, but like it's jujitsu. You're not going to be that jack for jujitsu, bro. Uh, so again, I love watching Lovato. He's one of my favorite grapplers to watch, just because like I really enjoy his style. I like that he prioritizes passing, but he'll like pass through stuff to get to the subs. Like I, I really enjoy Lovato. I'm super excited he's fighting for a title again for Fight to Win. Uh, th- anything else on that matchup? Nope. Arnaldo again. Arnaldo is no slouch. Uh, check Matt. I think he's a former world champion as well. Um, or a silver medalist at the Worlds. Again, I, I need to look up his record. We have not covered Arnaldo as much on the show, and so that's kind of my bad. I apologize for that, for not knowing his credentials offhand. Uh, it's been a busy week. Uh, co-main event, we have Edwin Najmi versus Benson Henderson. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm pretty sure... Actually, I don't say that. It may be in the gi. It may not be in the gi. Um, I do not know if Najmi currently holds a title for Fight to Win. I know he has held one in the past, um, but we've seen him on Fight to Win a, uh, a few times. Dude, Najmi's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, another tenacious grappler. Like, uh, he will never, I've never seen Najmi have even an ounce of quit anywhere um, and is obviously very explosive. We've seen him mount insanely dangerous offense with um, a lot of flying uh, triangle attempts, especially. Dude, his um, purple belt, if you haven't seen, I think we talked about it on the show where I put it in the chat a couple weeks ago. Um, he is the reason why Margali didn't double Grand Slam at Purple Belt is because 
uh, Najmi entered the absolute and flying triangle limit worlds in the absolute <laughs> purple belt. Like, Najmi has a dope flying triangle. If you ever want to watch a guy who's amazing at the flying triangle, look no further than Edwin Najmi. That dude is a flying triangle wizard. Uh, he hit one at third coast grappling, and eventually he transitioned over to finish the finish with a Darce for a late replacement opponent for that. is the last time I've talked to him live. We did an interview with him that I think uh, BJJ Fanatics put out at that event. But Najmi talked about, he goes, man, every event I do, somebody slams me. And I was like, yeah, you do flying triangles. Like, that happens. But again, fight to win, you can slam as well. So I, I would expect Najmi to throw a flying triangle here, especially with that really forward wrestler stance that Benson Henderson keeps. Mm-hmm. Again, and it's, I mean, that's, that's also, it's going to be hard to catch Ben Henderson in anything like He's insanely athletic. Yeah, we uh, saw him. We saw Benson fight. Uh, it was at Wagner at Polaris a while back, and Wagner hit him with like some. I think was it like Ezekiel or something, and almost put him out. But uh, dude, Benson, yeah, notoriously is really hard to sub. Um, again, if it's in the gi, I'm definitely gonna favor Najmi. No gi, I'd favor Najmi too. But that just extra friction of the gi and the way that Najmi throws the flying triangles in the gi. Uh, really hard to beat, but Benson's got really good wrestling. If he can force Najmi to like wrestle up, um, you know that's a much more winnable fight for Benson. I bet again, I'm gonna pick Najmi. He's just been more active in grappling. We've seen we saw him at ADCC this last year. We've seen him at Third Coast. We've seen him like continue to compete very very frequently in gi and no gi. And so I I just got to give the edge to him. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, uh, no additional matchups for Fight to Win 141 announced. Again, they're running, Fight to Win right now is typically running little smaller cards. They're going to continue to be in Dallas for this weekend, and then the next weekend, they're running a double double. Uh, I bobbled those words. They're running a double. Another, <laughs> another double header. And there then they are go. moving to Austin, Texas. Again, that is all up in the Grappling Rewind uh, most recent article on the website talking about all the pro events coming back. We have a full kind of list of everything. They moved to Austin, Texas in a couple weeks. I think they're in Austin, Texas for a couple weeks. And then I think they talked about... Um, May, I forget what they said. They're, they've talked about going another place after that. I don't recall where it was. Seth's given some really good interviews on Flow Grappling and, that are on Instagram, um, talking about like the plans for the promotion, how they're trying to do it safely, how they're trying to you know, continue to put on events. But in this time, it's, things are, a lot of things are up in the air. Um, but, dude, I am happy to have Fight to Win back. I love covering yeah. them. I love the events that they put on. And I'm super happy that BGJ is back. Uh, yeah, so me too. I don't have a whole lot else, Emil. Do you have anything else? Mm-hmm. No, man. So uh, let's kick it into the outro section. Um, basically, uh, as far as like outro news, um, tune into the Grappling Rewind. Go to thegrapplingrewind.com. Share the show with your friends. All that good jazz. We are starting to ramp up kind of content creation again as quarantine is finished, making up for lost time, uh, putting out some cool stuff. Stay tuned. Again, I talked about it last week. Uh, we have some cool stuff that's you know in the hopper to come out, hopefully in the next month. Um, so stay tuned for that sort of thing. Uh, how is your training going, Emil? Or your uh, it's going great. I just really want to say quarantine is, I wouldn't say finishing, but definitely uh, thawing a little bit. You know, yeah. we still have to be super careful and, and monitor things. But, yeah, I mean, we're still doing yeah, the show remotely, and we're going to continue to do the show remotely until it is safe yep. to do it in person. Safe and responsible to do it in person, but... With yeah, kind of the dynamic are, changing things current. are thawing, which is great. Um, uh, training news: Yoga's fucking hard, man. It's really goddamn hard, especially when you're as tight as I am. 
So, um, it's it, but it's been great. Uh, Dude, it's just it's like being a white belt all over again. I so. am running more than I ever intended to run. Um, I'm trying to run like 20 miles a week. Hell yeah! And I've watched my time like like dip, 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 dip slower, and I'm back finally into like the six minutes for miles. And I'm Damn, like, oh thank man. God! It took it took so long. That's super fast, dude. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I'm a, You're gonna be a, I'm a tiny machine. person. I'm hoping, like, when, dude, when I started doing jiu-jitsu, I was running between, like, one and five miles a day. Yeah. And then I got good at fighting, and I was like, I'm done with this running thing. Like, this is really hard. It's just easier to fight, guys. And yeah. uh, now that I can't do that, I'm going to get back into super great cardio shape because then hopefully I can, like, push through rounds and then just beat guys on cardio like I did at White and Blue Belt. And that was really fun to do because then you're ti- they're super tired and you can win and you're not tired at all. Um, it was just a much easier strategy when you were worse at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so, absolutely. If that's what I can do now, I'm just I'm just running a ton. Um, yeah, things are going, things are thawing a little bit. It's nice. I think everyone's a little less on edge right now, which is nice. I think we're all slowly figuring out how to sort of deal with uh, the quarantine or deal with like. The current situation, which is good, testing is getting better. You know, all things are, all things are looking up. Um, it's given me a nice little break from kind of the intensity of what, you know, it's allowing me to reschedule my life a little bit and allowing me to kind of prioritize the kind of content I want to make for Grappling Rewind, which is uh, really really exciting for me. So it's been a, uh, it's been awesome. Like it's been a nice little. I've used it beneficially, which is, uh, which is great. Good. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, anything else you got going on this week? Or, like, usually it's like, hey, what are you training? Where are you going? Now it's just, like, the same thing we've been doing for 10 weeks, Emil. Uh, I'm going to be here editing lots of highlights. That's right. So, uh, I got nothing else. You got anything else, Emil? No, that's it, man. All right. So, as always on the show, I'm your host, Maine. Don't forget co-host. Emil. And we are the Grappling Rewind. We will see you on the mats whenever that is. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.